Hello and welcome Under the Kotatsu. I'm your host, Austin, joined as always by Danny. Hello. And Danielle. Hey, nerds. Uh, and we are here to finish Space Dandy. Uh, exciting stuff. But before we talk about any of those shenanigans, what is everybody at the hypothetical Kotatsu drinking? Uh, Danny, do you want to go first? Yeah, so we're recording uh, kind of literally at five o'clock. So it is five o'clock somewhere, uh, specifically mm-hmm. here, uh, at least for two of us. Um, but uh, so I'm having a, a, my, a canned Mai Tai. I was at the store and I was like, eh, OK, I'll, I'll try that. So just like a, a tiki drink. It's kind of in uh, theme with uh, Space Dandy. Yeah, Dandy <laughs> would drink one of those. Yeah, yeah. I'm kicking He'd absolutely be oil. drinking the canned ones and not the mm. actual Mai Tais. Mm-hmm. Also, bo- boobies would definitely like you would order a Mai Tai and they would just pour it out of the can. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that uh, I guess I'll ask it now because it came up later. Uh, in one of the episodes, uh, Dandy says, the usual, please. What is Dandy's drink order? Do we think? I feel like this is one of the things where it's like because like essentially every episode is a different universe's dandy. His universe or his his usual changes from episode mm. to episode. So it's ever shifting. He seems like the kind of guy who would go to a restaurant for the first time and say, "I'll have the usual." <laughs> and yeah. They're like, I don't know who you are. I think like for like a more legitimate answer, it'd probably be like some sort of spirit plus lemonade. It's the kind of vibes I'm getting. Mm. Yeah. Not gin it's- though. Not gin. yeah. Anything I could see like a gin. vodka vodka lemonade. He also strikes me as the guy that would like wait to order at least second and then be like, I'll have what the first person's had. Oh, true. Like yeah. He, 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 he genuinely doesn't know what to order. So he just, he just piggybacks. Um, Danielle, what are you drinking? I've got water and black coffee. Nothing fancy. I did just finish a Baja Blast though. Oh my Bet God. Bet y'all can guess where I had lunch. Got <laughs> mm. a fine dining establishment. Yes. Um. Uh, I'm also living the it's five o'clock somewhere life and cracked open. Uh, it's it's not summer yet, but in a beer availability calendar, it is summer. <laughs> so I am drinking a summer ale, uh, which hold on. I've got the can because I was like, there's a lot going on in here and I don't remember all of it. It's got notes of honeysuckle. Um, I guess it's just honeysuckle, but it's good. It's very good. And it's like hot today. So this was a nice beer to crack open when I came home a half hour ago um all right uh well uh the the <laughs> the beverages have been served uh time for us to to get into to dandy um we watched episodes 21 through 26 that's the last six episodes of the show slash season two um depending on how you're looking at it uh the show spoilers does end with like which i forgot does end with like a to be continued maybe and i was like damn <laughs> whenever they put a season three out of this we'll we'll stop whatever we're covering. <laughs> We all know we'd get a Cowboy Bebop reboot instead of this anyways. Oh, God. Um, the question is, do we get uh, Space Dandy Season 3 or Madoka Movie 4 first? Um, oh, true. Well, one Movie of those 4. is announced. Yeah, I guess so. yeah, that's true. Yeah, one of them is uh, promised to exist. Yeah. Uh, maybe one day we'll, we'll see, see Dandy again. But we do have six more episodes to talk about, so it's not goodbye time yet. Any broad thoughts about these episodes, or should we just get in on Episode 21? I think this was like the biggest miss ratio, but goddamn, is there still some very good anime in here? Yeah, there. Mm-hmm. The, we we run the gambit between uh like uh, amazing and I don't know that it ever goes so far as bad, but it's skating around there. Um, I could I'd say one of the episodes at least is bad. The the Toe and Joe one. No. Oh, okay. it was not the worst one. 
I think I agree okay. with this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious if we have the same episode. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think it ended really, really strong. And shout out to having a series that didn't fall apart uh, the last half, which I guess makes sense. I, I wasn't the one who chose this one. so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you did choose Big O and that one didn't fall apart at the end. That's true. We're, we're back to back with uh, successful Kotatsu picks. Oh boy. Um, which is rare. Gotta love <laughs> yeah. my pick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Danielle about to throw a, a curveball. We'll see. Well, if we I can, think it would be interesting it. to talk about at the very least. Yeah, sure. That's a mystery for two hours from now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I mostly agree. They're they're like a stronger miss ratio, but uh, like I two of these episodes I didn't like, and then the rest I did like, but to varying degrees. Some were really good, and some are like, okay, this one's not as good as the rest, but I still kind of like it. But we'll talk about those. Um, and then yeah, the ending's pretty solid. Uh, so episode 21 is called A World With No Sadness, Baby. Uh, Dandy wakes up on a strange planet, unaware how he got there, and with a strange black box in his pocket. He bebops around the planet, seeing all kinds of weird aliens and landscapes. Eventually, he meets up with an alien named Ferdinand, who guides him through the planet, eventually allowing Dandy to come to the realization that he died, um, and that the planet is a sort of limbo for dead souls. The black box he's carrying shows him a vision of how he died as the Aloha Oi uh, got caught in a dark nebula. Unhappy with Ferdinand's claim that the this new existence will be nice for Dandy since there is no sadness now that he's dead, Dandy storms off saying, uh, I'm going to boobies. You can take this funeral and shove it, end quote. Um, <laughs> Dandy eventually meets a mysterious girl. That's the best part of the episode, by the way. Um, <laughs> Dandy eventually meets a mysterious girl who turns out to be the personification of the planet itself. She gives Dandy the backstory on how the Limbo can planet came to be before using all of the planet's energy to send Dandy to a dimension where he didn't die in the nebula. Uh, the episode ends with presumably a different Dandy arriving on the planet Limbo uh, to meet the uh, mysterious girl and Ferdinand again in a much more like like seeing old friends kind of way. Oh, slash like a wedding almost yeah because like, the groom doesn't wear white is he the bride <laughs> <laughs> dandy can be, be uh be my bride um mm. i'll allow it uh but yeah what did we think of this episode anime is good oh okay <laughs> i didn't like this one huh. i was running on vibes and i really really liked the vibes uh, I think you and I spoke about like really kind of briefly mm -hmm. in terms of like the plot being less engaging. Um, and I, I agree. I think it really coalesced at the end of the episode, but I, but in hindsight, it's like, damn, the first 15 minutes or so are kind of meandering in a way that yeah. like makes sense. That's like, Oh, Dandy doesn't know where he is. Like he's trying to figure out what to do. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but it's there's not enough ironically because dandy is so like f head empty and like doesn't really care that he's dead for the most part like you know he at one point he's like yeah you know fuck this funeral or whatever uh but like he's not it's not like a oh no there's so much more i have to do like i can't believe i'm dead it's it's more like a, oh, i want to go go to boobies i feel like if if there was a little more meat in terms of dandy struggling with the idea of his own mortality then like throughout the episode then maybe there'd be a little more to chew on uh but in terms of just like vibes alone i was i was absolutely here for it it was very like introspective and uh i recognize that i'm very much projecting that upon the the source 
it's not necessarily the source being like deep it's it's me going like oh man like this is like a i thought a lot about the outer wilds for example like it's like oh this Mm -hmm. feels very similar vibes to that of like the finality and the perspectives that dandy portrays and and all that so it's the indomitable human spirit uh as nihilism because there's a lot of kind of a lot of nihilism throughout this episode in a way that is kind of propped up to be rejected um specifically at the uh dinner scene thing where it's like a uh, a lord and a lady talking about death and how oh we all live but just to die see i hated that fucking garbage (laughs) get that shit out of there well so i'm i liked that the guy was saying that and then the lady basically said like all right then go fucking die like if that's all you care about then go yeah you might you might as well go die if you can't like find meaning in life for yourself like i don't like then then you're right you should die but like there is meaning in life kind of thing inherently yeah no i'm with danny i felt that stuff was in there for dandy to end the episode to rebuke it (laughs) no i get what the episode's doing um I mostly just, like, I'm not a fan of the execution. The first, like, 15 minutes of this episode is so meandery and unmoored that it was hard for me to, like... Because, like, the vibes are good, and the music's also extremely good in this episode. I compared it in my notes to the Munaki episode, um, which was a similar, like, vibes-only episode. But the difference for me, I think, is, like, that episode kicks into, all right, it's vibes o'clock mode when... Dandy's on the planet trying to fish for the Munagi, and it's just kind of like one little vignette to the next of him and the little girl trying to fish together. Um, but that, like, you know what he's there for. You know the stakes. Like, there's a there's a understandable plot. This, it's like, it's so clear from the jump that this is an episode of, we're not going to really spell everything out for you until the very end. And I just find that really frustrating because it just makes scenes like the, like, lord and lady talking at their ridiculous dining table just come across as pretentious mm-hmm. uh to me uh which is probably a better way to describe that than than pretentious but that's that's kind of how it came across it's just like okay can we get to the point and it takes 15 minutes to get to the point and it being like a dandy doing the obvious thing of no i like living <laughs> this sucks <laughs> <laughs> like yeah i get it could we have done that like 10 minutes earlier um it just felt like kind of a like an interesting idea like I'll, I'll give him credit like i like the idea of this episode i just think the execution was really poor um on because this is just like a kind of story that gets told a lot um and i don't i didn't think it really added anything novel to it and the whole like little girl character kind of just like popping up here and there and then lore dumping at the end of the episode just like none of this was like very satisfying for me um uh to really engage with um not that i'm not here for the themes or the conclusion that dandy comes to at the end or anything like that but just like kind of a big miss for me yeah i think if kind of they took the last chunk and then brought it to the front and then like really let that kind of breathe like have dandy and this little girl late not she's not like a little girl she's like a hurt like she's an adult assumably or whatever like have them have more conversations and like develop their relationship yeah like she should have been the one leading him through not the ferdinand character even though well i'll have things to say about who voices him but (laughs) um but yeah like she should have been way more of a character early on in the episode and i would i would have liked it better if like from the jump uh dandy you know like the episode literally starts with him like flowing down the river sticks like it's obvious what's going on the episode just takes 15 minutes to to say it to Dandy, the main character, um, which that disconnect between it being obvious to the audience, but like Dandy being oblivious is part of what's frustrating. And so like if 
the episode started with Dandy just being like, oh shit, I'm dead and this is like purgatory. Um, would have made the whole rest of the episode better for me if it's Dandy doing like a Paradise Lost thing and not like a, ooh, what's this weird planet I'm on? Why is everything so strange? Um, just like I said, wasted opportunity. Yeah, and like the at the end when uh, the little girl is like, okay, I'm going to cause the third impact and use the energy of this whole planet to send you back to another dimension or whatever. She's like, he's like, why would you do that? Like, you're, you're dooming all these people. And she's like, because I love you. And to which Dandy says, yeah, fair enough. I, I would love me too. But <laughs> like um, that sentiment, again, kind of comes out of nowhere because like the, the given reason is basically like the, the girl is like, I was like, oh, I've been alone for eons, but you're the first person to come along who's like, has like a zeal for life that no one else has kind of thing. Like that could have been explored a lot more so that when she finally said, I love you, it's like, okay, yeah, I understand why. And like Dandy being like, you know, I would love me too. Cause you know, whether I'm dead or alive, I'm still pretty Dandy. And, and like, I don't know, like it'd be better for him to basically be like, okay, you can send me back, but like one day I'll come back for you. And like, then we can like, when, when we're ready or whatever, I'm not just going to die the way that I died kind of thing. Yeah. I don't there's a lot more that could have been done structurally to save this one a little more. I also think, like, it it really stands apart from, uh, like, the Yuasa episode, which I think is, like, an episode that eventually gets to, like, a real genuine, like, emotional core at, by the end of it, but is still, like, funny and full of slapstick. Like, that's what the show is. It's, like, a slapstick comedy, and this episode just ditches that so it can tell this real, like, melodramatic serious meditative story and i i just don't think it's the kind of show built for that i think it's like like a, a miss on how they went about it um probably worth mentioning that this is one of like three or four episodes i think four episodes that um uh shinjiro wanabe wrote he has sole writing credit on this one um unlike a couple other ones where he has partial credit um so very much feels like he's like interested in telling a different kind of story that just isn't compatible with the show they're making um at least to me um it really stands and it 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 lined up with a couple other episodes i felt that way for like the ukulele man episode or whatever where it's like there's not enough qt and meow in this episode Mm. and it which also reminded me of a lot of space or not space duty i keep doing that cowboy bebop episodes where we were just like where's ayn and ed where are the fun characters like where are the characters (laughs) we enjoy having around and it's like it just sucks the life out of the show when dandy doesn't get to interact with those two um I mean, they're barely in the episode. They are there in, like, the flashbacks to, like, what was happening on the Aloha Oi before Dandy hit his head and died. But, um, yeah, but yeah I, was, I was missing them. Like, they should all die. Why, why not have all three of them die and navigate Purgatory Land? Um, that would have been more fun. Or, like, have, have the, the little girl be, like, the nihilist. Have her be like, hey, you're here. Yeah. You're, like you know, nothing you can do can avoid that kind of thing and have Dandy basically the entire time be like, no, look, I got to get back to me out. Like I have so much more to do, like, mm-hmm. and basically make her like convince her that life is worth living and that nihilism isn't the way like, yes, nothing has intrinsic yeah. meaning, but we make the meaning baby kind of thing. And then that way it like pays off and is good. <laughs> they could have literally have just done seventh seal but with dandy and a spunky or not spunky but like dour little <laughs> alien girl and that would have been great i was literally gonna um, bring up seventh seal and i didn't i was like i don't know that it's like a great fit but yeah no absolutely just do the seventh seal have them play chess 
Which is what I'm saying. Like this story's been done a bunch of times, and it just feels like a this is not an interesting take on that kind of story. And I would have rather them have done a little bit more like regurgitating of a similar idea, like a Seventh Seal, than try to do what they did. Um, it also just feels like you, you do talking through it. Like there's not a lot of stakes up until the very end. Like d because Dandy's got his like go with the flow vibe, he's literally just like being led around until he has the epiphany that he's dead. Like there's no conflict at all. Um, until 15 minutes of the episode, uh, Ferdinand tells him, hey, you're dead, by the way. Then um, he activates the Hellraiser puzzle box or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did find that funny, that he's got this little hypercube in his pocket that tells him how he dies once he's ready to hear it. Yeah, I was really confused by the ending, too, because she's like, okay, I'm going to send you back to another dimension where you didn't die, and then it cuts to them in the cockpit, and Meow and QT are like, Oh, Dandy's sleeping. Should we wake him? Oh, I don't know, because, you know, like, maybe it's more peaceful if we don't wake him. And then, it, like, the next cut is to Dandy coming back down on the trolley car in his, whatever his gown is, or his, his bridal <laughs> gown. To me, the implication is that, like, oh, she sent him back, but, like, he rejected it and, like, decided to stay with her. Or it could be that, like, he just you know, eventually, like, lived a full life and came back at some point. I don't know what the implication of that is. Yeah, it's a little um, unclear, maybe purposely so. Yeah, so, which, uh, yeah, it's fine. Like, thematically, it still makes sense of, like, Dandy kind of coming to terms with it and, and accepting, uh, according to Wikipedia, the, the girl's name is Poe. I don't think mm -hmm. it's ever said. I don't think Ferdinand yeah. has said either, but... Ferdinand has said. Oh, he, is he it? Okay. His name. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I the whole time thought of him as a Digimon, but it's true. <laughs> he does have big Digimon vibes. Which I also love that uh, his uvula, anytime he talks, you can see his uvula. It's a little cross, and I'm like, oh my god, it's Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Bible reference? Yeah. <laughs> it's actually uh, it's an Ultraman reference. Oh, of course, silly me. But yeah, it's, you know, like I said, it's, it's a vibey episode, uh, one that, Mm -hmm. worked for me but i absolutely agree that uh a lot of that could be f improved upon and i also recognize that a lot of that is me just vibing with the themes in the same way that like you said other sh other media has done this and i vibe with those in for similar reasons kind of thing uh and this is also not the only outer wilds uh call out that i had uh <laughs> we'll get to that later um oh sure spoilers for not uh, kind of spoilers for the outer wilds um i'll try to keep it tame but yeah i'm with danny where like the vibes just hit me like so right at the beginning i was just like got invested into it from there to the point where i wasn't paying as much attention to like any structural issues i've had with it but talking through it with y'all it's like yeah there's a lot that could be done to make it better but i still like it <laughs> Yeah, it's fair. No, I, I get the, like, vibes-only appeal. It's just the vibes never really clicked for me the way they did on, like, the Munaki episode where I could watch, like, a two-hour-long movie <laughs> with those <laughs> vibes that the Munaki episode had. Um, I think my only other thing I have to add is um, we get the flashback on, like, how this planet came to be, which isn't really worth digging into, I don't think. But I do like that there's a... Uh, basically, like, the planet gets, like, destroyed through, like, war... Um, and there's like these weird like bio mechs that basically turn the planet into flames, um, and they're sick as hell. I love that shit. Which coming off of the Big O, I was like, oh, it's just it's just like the Big O. 
all the flesh. Granted, those aren't biomex, but you know. Yeah, and I'm assuming that they've they're like they're big and mech proportioned, but they're they like undulate and have like flesh and veins and stuff in ways that are uh, reminiscent of of bioorganism. So they're they're cool. They're very cool. Cool design. Um, all right. Uh, well, I teased it. Uh, Ferdinand is voiced by our king Kinjiro Suda. Um, was delighted to see that I did like this wouldn't have been an episode I would have gone back and rewatched any part of because I didn't like it but I did go back and rewatch scenes with Ferdinand and the Japanese once I realized that's who voiced him um which is great uh we've covered him before um uh in Devilman Crybaby he was uh Nagasaki Koji that's like the shady like uh gravier photographer guy um, but also, I talk about him literally all the time. I had to look up which episode he actually came up in <laughs> the show we were watching because uh, he's like the voice of Kaiba and um, a bunch of other things. I, I love him. Uh, he's a very recognizable voice actor for me. Uh, and then in the dub, Ferdinand is voiced by Kyle Herbert, who is Kamina in Gurren Lagan, uh, Aizen in Bleach, which he's great in. That's a really great dub performance. Um, he's Gohan in pretty much anything Dragon Ball that Funimation has dubbed, like older Gohan, not oh, child okay. Gohan. Um, uh, Kakuin in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. We love him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Kiba in Naruto, and then Fat Gum in My Hero Academia, who I like a lot. Um, and then, yeah, the, the mysterious girl is named Poe, apparently. I don't know. Maybe that comes up in the Japanese uh, uh, like script, but I don't think they ever say her name in the English dub. Um, but that's her name. She's voiced in Japanese by uh, Kaori Nazuka. Um, she was Lala Rue in Now and Then, Here and There. So oh, we no. also already covered her. Original Sin. Yeah. <laughs> hey, not her fault. She's she's fine in that show. That's uh, fair. Bl- I w- blame the writers. <laughs> I did get a kick out of uh, editing last episode. I forgot um, that we were talking about the voice actor for like Aaron Yeager and a bunch of like a bunch of problematic oh, yeah. characters. The, 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 the most canceled voice actor. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Uh, and then the dub, Poe is voiced by Elizabeth Maxwell, um, who sounded really familiar to me, but I don't think I ended up recognizing her from anything. Um, she is uh, Motoko in Ghost in the Shell Arise, the dub for that. Uh, Albedo in Overlord. Uh, Arisa in the new Fruits Basket anime. Uh, Lady Midnight in My Hero Academia. Uh, Khalifla in uh, Dragon Ball Super. And then... Uh, prospera mercury in gundam the witch for mercury um so i know people like that character wait is that the witch is the witch from mercury a planet or the lady <sighs> uh, it's a lady from a planet like witch from mercury i don't i don't understand what part of that is hard to well, understand that that character's last name is mercury right is that what you just said yes yeah yeah so is she the is she the witch or, or is she, did she give birth to the witch or is she from the? I don't know. I'm very confused. You could say it's I. You could say it applies to her. Okay. Yeah. I'll find out in five years when I'm ready to watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I skipped ahead because lesbians. That's fair. Again, some of us are doing our homework, but you know, having, having saying that, having not started Gundam Age for the last like nine months or whatever, I really need to get on that. Um. All right, well, that brings us to episode 22, which is called We're All Fools, So Let's Dance, Baby, notable for being the only episode uh, whose English title has two commas in it, by the way. <laughs> cool. Because <laughs> all, all of them end with baby, so all of them have one comma in it. This is the only one that has two commas. Mm. We're all fools, comma, so let's dance, comma, baby. We stand. 
The Aloha Oi crew goes to planet Greece for a legendary party in the hopes of winning a dance contest with a reward of 100 million wulongs uh, and discovering the rare dancingian alien only to find themselves walking the streets of a ghost town. They head to the planet's tourist information center where they meet the planet chief who coerces Dandy uh, into um, helping put on uh, the dance contest with Dandy pretending to be the dancingian. Uh, as various aliens arrive for the event, an upbeat dancing alien named Tan Dravolta uh, makes a grand interest, uh, entrance and outmatches Dandy during the dance contest. However, Dandy plays a classical vinyl record purchased earlier in the episode from a strange record shop, causing everybody to ra- age rapidly from old age to infancy and back to normal age. At the same time, the music causes the planetary lichens uh, revealed to be the real dancing Ians to grow rapidly and eventually merge into one large glowing ring. Dandy and Dravolta dance inside this ring, which, thanks to Dandy's pionium energy, results in a uh, big bang that destroys the universe and rebirths a new one. Subatomic Dandy and friends dance over the credits. <laughs> That's the episode. This one fucking rules. This is probably the best out of the batch for me. Yeah, it was complete whiplash from episode 21. Like, I was like, <laughs> what the Because, f-? like, it starts out and it looks like a WarioWare intro because there's a character in WarioWare who also has a huge afro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, like, go like, like, I was like, okay, like, I see where this is going. It's going to be kind of like the high school episode where Dandy has to overcome the odds and, and, and sing his heart out or dance his heart out or whatever. Uh, nope. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, that happens. Uh, <laughs> but but then the true final impact happens and destroys the universe. Yeah, the ending of this episode is so ridiculous. I love it, and I love Ton Travolta. Um, just a ridiculous dude. Because kind of hard to put into the description, but like he he arrives, and because he's like he arrives on a like disco ball spaceship, and he's got a big afro, and he boogies. Uh, everyone's like, oh, this is the real dancing Ian. <laughs> um, they just like immediately go along with it. Uh, my my first thought was Mirror B from Pokemon Coliseum. That's where, <laughs> I, where my heart is always at. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this episode's a lot of fun. The The animation and, and style in this episode is great. There's a lot of great silly faces and poses uh, that the characters make. Again, like not fit for like an anime podcast uh, in audio form, but this is... A hundred percent one worth watching just for all the the funny little animation stuff alone, um, but it's just like to me you were like this is Whiplash and I agree in a good way because I was like man twenty one was like a hard way to start this batch hopefully twenty two brings up my spirits again and I it fucking delivered it was like yes now I'm excited to watch <laughs> four more episodes of Space Dandy yeah no it's 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 an absolute uh, there's like a lot of visual gags um, the you know we said you said. Uh, dandy plays a classical vinyl record uh the way he plays it is he he like mm-hmm. puts it on one of qt's wheels and then has mouse or meow use his uh claw as like the the needle for it don't try to think about why that makes sense it doesn't but i'm here for it um, you know we all know that um what what species is meow a beetlejuicean we all know that beetlejuiceans act as a natural uh vinyl amplifier it's true <laughs> the- and the the reason that Dandy and and company, because the 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 organizers like, yeah, you like your Dandy, your booty is so nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just like you be the dancing in, and like people like you'll you'll blow them away kind of thing. 
And Danny's like, well, do I get the 700 million Wulongs? And he's like, well, here, have this treasure that's been, like, passed down for generations or whatever. And it's, like, vintage porno mags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Uh, it, it's so goofy. Kind of the opposite of the last episode, like you said, where it's not taking itself seriously. It's just like, man, wouldn't it be... It's like Junji Ito doing, like, wouldn't it be scary if such and such happened? But this is like, wouldn't it be funny if dandy and friends uh dance their heart out for a porno mag and it's like hell yeah it would and also i just like like ton dravolta is like like everybody's so won over by his dance moves except for dandy dandy's like not impressed and he's like i can outdance you and that's when uh ton is like oh yeah well you, you gotta supply your own music and so he plays this ridiculous record and does like ballet dances mm-hmm. and shit. <laughs> um and again, all the animation is just delightful. I was getting, I looked at the staff. It wasn't anybody I was super familiar with. And I was 100% expecting some sort of lineage, um, either like the director, the animation directors, which there were multiple in this episode, or the storyboard artist, um, some lineage to Bobo Bo 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 is what a lot of the animation in this episode reminded me of, of just the ridiculousness of like posture and uh framing and things like that but nope not not a lot of that well it's um, interesting is this one's written by uh keiko nobomoto yeah. and yeah who, who has done who, she did the gallant space gentleman baby and yeah. which i was mixed on and then the ukulele man episode the there's music and darkness baby uh which but we also the the, the 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 dog episode as well though so yes so um, and as we noted last time, uh, she wrote the uh, both episodes of uh, Jupiter Jazz and Cowboy Bebop. So extreme variance on her um, her hit to miss ratios, but um, <laughs> but she hit on this one. This one's fucking good. Yeah, let her cook. Um, I-, I love the again. It doesn't take itself to, like when they're doing the fucking the true third impact. Uh, you know. Because the the uh, Tan Travolta hits Doctor Gell's ship at one point, and like that's like that's why they show up is they're trying to get his information because he's a hit and run space oh, yeah. <laughs> space driver, and uh, they're like discussing what's about to happen, and Doctor Gell's like, "Oh, we're facing annihilation again," and and B is just like, "Dust in the solar winds, sir," and I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like I just love how. <laughs> how good, like just laid back everyone is about it there because the the old lady uh like the organizer's mother i think uh yeah. when they revert time using the uh the, the cursed record the cursed record that they i think the clerk is like don't play it it's gonna cause inflation which i was yeah. like damn we're entering a recession that's like, that's like the name of the record too is like super inflation um <laughs> it's like oh yeah they say you should never buy uh Records based on the cover art, but this is definitely one to only appreciate the cover art. Never play it. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, the the record oh, the, store yep. is called oh, yeah. a- Akashiku, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is a real yeah, yeah. It's like a compendium of all thoughts and events and everything. Uh, so the the lady wakes up and she's like, "Oh, the gods have returned. They're gonna return this planet back to what it used to like its true form." Which that's when I was like, "Oh my god, it's the it's the third impact." <laughs> That's when B's like, wait, when she said true form, did they did they mean like, yep, d- dust in the solar winds, sir? But yeah, it's just, just a goofy thing. And then like, yeah, like you said, over credits, they're all just like dancing and just as like little spirit balls or like atomic energy thing. It's so, 
so yeah, so like, goofy it's delightful i love when they reverse time um uh qt turns into like a little tiny baby vacuum uh <laughs> and uh uh meow turns into like a like a single cell <laughs> little he cat he looks like a sperm <laughs> yeah i don't want to say it but <laughs> the thing is like they did like the tiniest bit of this in that episode with the smiling banjo guy but like they actually make it good at this yeah. episode because they play around with it and joke mm-hmm. and it was like one of the few things where it's like oh this is the exact same thing as another episode but better because they feel like at least most of the series stays away from that mm-hmm. yeah I like um, early on in the episode, they're like, you know, talking about the dance contest and, and QT does the robot, which I think is cute. Uh, and then gets belittled by Meow for being like, no one's doing the robot anymore. Well, I, was, I love that they're, they're coming for this dance competition because it's 100 million Wulongs or whatever. And like y- you, you think that QT's like, oh, yeah, I found this flyer that says this is when it's going to be. But then he because it's a once in a hundred year event uh so then qt reveals once they land because they land it's a you know it's a ghost town and he's like well according to this 500 year old flyer it said it's going to be on this day like if they do it every year it should be happening right now and it's like i love i love the idea of QT <laughs> be like well i've been five 500 years ago it's like why wouldn't it happen today you know this is also the the first time i think that we get an explicit mention of pyomium energy in dandy like I think that's come up before. Well, they've like interacted with Pionium before. Pretty sure the narrator has brought it up before. Oh, has yeah, okay. yeah. But definitely, like, clearly building towards something with the the Pionium stuff because mm-hmm. it does like loop back around at the finale. So you you really got a signposted in these final episodes. Um, the when they arrive on the planet, and it's like all desolate and everything. It really reminded me of the um, post apocalyptic world that the new Kirby game takes place in. Um, oh, for. Kirby in the Forgotten Land, I think that one was called. I liked that game, but it's a shame that I can't remember the title. Um, but it definitely had that had that vibe to it. Um, I also uh, was I really appreciate it as, as someone. You know, I've said this on this podcast before. As someone who's, who's gotten into vinyl recently, I was delighted by the scene where they go record hunting uh, because I'm like, damn, I want to go record hunting with Dandy <laughs> and the gang. That sounds like fun. Especially the the little sicko who's just like rapidly flicking through the oh yeah uh-huh. <laughs> the records. I'm like, damn! If only that, I wish that were me. Um, also, it goes without saying that the music in this episode was fucking great. Lots mm. of good good boogie tunes uh, to get. I also to. love how the planet's named Greece, and like yes. you got Tron Travolta, but it's like obviously all Saturday Night Fever shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. The the planet names have always been good throughout the show, and also just the them doing the thing of space noun for everything is also good. All right, well, um, Ton Dravolta in Japanese is voiced by uh, Koichi Yamadera, who we've also covered before. Uh, he was Togusa in Ghost in the Shell. Um, worth reminding everybody that uh, he's also Spike in Cowboy Bebop and uh, Kaji in Evangelion. Was the two big ones, uh, and then in the dub he is voiced by Major Attaway, um, who is Queen and uh, Rogue in One Piece, uh, Clay in Borderlands Three apparently, and also I ended up going to this guy's like Twitter. Um, he is a a Twitch streamer apparently, so shout outs to him. Hmm. Uh, all right, uh, well that brings us to episode twenty three, which is called "Lovers Are Trendy, Baby." Um, 
Scarlet is trying to dodge her stalker ex-boyfriend, so she enlists Dandy to pretend to be her boyfriend for a week to make him go away. Uh, the two vacation at the Trendy Couples Vacation Spot, uh, Planet Trendy. Uh, initially, Scarlet is annoyed by Dandy, but as they spend more time together and learn of their shared love of Chuck Norris movies, uh, the two begin to actually enjoy their time together. Uh, on the final day, Dandy and Scarlet are attacked by Dolph, Scarlet's ex, uh, in his knockoff Gundam. Uh, Dandy kisses Scarlet, which she clearly enjoys, to get Dolph to fuck off. Uh, he gets arrested for his stalking and assault, don't worry. Um, now that Dolph uh, is out of the picture, Dandy and Scarlet go their separate ways, but clearly now feel something for each other. Scarlet decides to go to the bar they had planned to spend the last night of their vacation at. Dandy rushes to see if she's there, but is just too late to catch her. Um, with the chance to have made something happen between themselves, um, or missing, having missed the chance to make something happen between themselves, the two go back to their routines of alien hunting and working at the alien registration center, respectively. Uh, like two ships passing in the night. But they, they have been. a little bit of, like, eye catch at the end, like, to be like, hey, maybe. They do, but it's, like, kind of like a sad, like, we're all, we're going to live with these great memories we have, but we're never going to reciprocate on them because it's mm. just, like, it didn't work. I think that's absolutely the right choice for the fake dating Danny Scarlet plot, though. Oh, absolutely. I, I kind of hate it if they got together at the end. Like, oh, yeah. I, but, no, the ending is works perfectly, and you got a lot of the... Uh, I, like I need to look when a five centimeters per second came out. Oh, lol. Because the uh, yeah, that was two thousand seven. So <laughs> I don't know. I always think like the train passing and then them missing each other is always a five centimeters per second thing in my head. And mm-hmm. that was uh seven years prior, so it very well could have been the sure. inspiration for that. I mean, there's like a million stories about you know, oh, they just missed each other, or oh, if only you know. No, but like the specific train doing it. Is like a big part of that uh, old Shinkai movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I was like, wait, is there a train in this one too? <laughs> but no. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because like he calls out for Scarlet and she turns around as like a train passes and so it obscures their view. Mm, oh right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely thought it was a really fitting ending, and I just like in general like these kinds of like melancholic endings of like you know like it's fiction, like it it doesn't matter that they they didn't get together to me. Um, it's not like, oh, damn, they would have made such a great couple. Like, they're they're action figures <laughs> in a story. <laughs> but, like, it's just, like, a really, like, um, I think, like, a more emotionally interesting uh, ending to have, like, oh, man, they, they couldn't make it work um, than having it be, like, and then they fell in love. Also, just, it wouldn't have fit this show, like, at all for them to have happened. Um, but, yeah, I, I really like this episode. I thought this was also another standout from this one. I thought it was fun. Yeah, no, I'm, the execution here is everything because i can absolutely imagine a worse version of this episode but totally. it just really fucking works especially because like hey we get like more characterization of scarlet that's like a lot more interesting and better than the um claudian episode mm-hmm. oh yeah for sure this was i i think i put it in my notes somewhere like this is the scarlet episode we deserved um as opposed to the Claudian episode. Mm. I like the, the the gimmick of this one of like the different vacations, like the vacation planet. It's like a bunch of like domes and each dome's like a different environment kind of thing. So like there's like a ski resort dome and like a beach dome. And so like each like day that Dandy and Scarlet are spending together has like a different theme to it. And I thought that was like very fun. And he keeps catching unregistered aliens. Yes. That's yeah. <laughs> She's like, what gives like you never catch aliens. Uh, you know, like you never bring in aliens this rare 
uh to me it's like i don't i don't know what to tell you i also love that like dandy is capable it, he's kind of like a you know obviously like a kind of an oaf he's kind of a you know silly little guy but like i've not i can't think of a time where it's been like oh like she asks like can you ski and he's like yeah of course and they've not done the thing where it's like oh he says he can but clearly he can't he's like a poser it's like no Danny's capable he's just kind of a goober totally a goober who likes Chuck Norris, apparently. <laughs> Which I own uh, Michi- Missing in Action. I've never okay. seen it, I've, but I own Missing in Action 1 and 2. Yeah, I was I was delighted that it was a real Chuck Norris movie that they mm-hmm. picked up. Did they mention it by name? I know I, I immediately recognized the poster, but I, I can't remember if they... Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they, okay. they both oh, mentioned yeah, he, it by I, name, and, and the, the tape or the DVD case like clearly says yeah. Missing in Action on it. Yeah, which is a, a canon films movie. Mm. Shoutouts. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's really cute them bonding over action movies yeah that's the only reason i wanted it to like work out at the end of the episode because like dandy's like bringing isn't he like bringing her the like thing they had talked about it's like oh i gotta show her this one um like that would have been cute to have seen like scarlet and dandy get to like watch a chuck norris movie together um yeah i would have been okay with an ending of like a maybe ever after like oh hey like like you said like oh hey they're they're going to a movie and like you know maybe there's something there but like it maybe not you know just kind of ends with them you know in a theater together you know clearly Mm. hinting towards something but not necessarily being like and now they have their loving embrace or or anything like that um but yeah, this this is it was it's such a like there were a few things where I was like oh it's kind of yikes dandy like where he's like oh if you if you shot straight with him him being Dolph Lundgren uh if he if you just shot straight with him then he would leave you alone like you you should have yeah. told him how it is and it's like mm, dandy no like but it doesn't linger on that too long it's just kind of like an offhanded comment um and then clearly he is like yeah no fuck this guy um so uh, dandy redemption arc but um. <laughs> But yeah, I also love that uh, in my notes, I was like, oh, damn, Scarlet dated a giant robot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same. That would have been so much. Fun. And then they call it out funnier. later where Danny's like, oh, you like them big. Huh? And I was uh-huh. like, I was like, oh, OK, it's not the mech itself. It's a person inside of the mech. I've seen enough people on Twitter being horny for the mechs themselves to know, <laughs> <laughs> to know that they should have done it. I also love, uh, you know, hashtag uh, ACAB, uh, but I do love the trendy police having, like, kink gear, almost. Yeah, yeah, like, it's fun. They're, like, leather daddies <laughs> or whatever. It's so it's so funny. I also do, like, just love it. Like, oh, the trendy resort has its own trendy police. <laughs> um, we also got to talk about the ex-boyfriend being called Dolph, the obvious Dolph Lundgren mm. reference. But also... Uh, he's just like straight up Slegger Law from okay. Mobile Suit Gundam. Okay, I was thinking that, but I was like, I haven't seen enough Gundam. I want to like say it first. No, it's a hundred. Like eat like the uniform and everything. It's all uh, 0079 Gundam, and he's definitely Slegger Law. Who like that show kind of treats as like, oh, he's like a manly man, but in like a good way. <laughs> and anybody with a brain watching that show is like, this fucking tool sucks. <laughs> I can't wait for him to die. Um. <laughs> uh, and then shout out to Yas and Gundam the Origin, the manga, trying to make him a more sympathetic character, which was funny to read. Um, which kind of succeeds at, but still very funny <laughs> to think of like <laughs> Yas 30 years later going like, I'm going to make this fucking tool a, uh, a redeemable guy. 
sorry, who's who's Yas? Is that the author of uh, the origin? Yeah, and also like one of the like chief creative guys on original Gundam. Like oh, years okay. later, wrote a manga to basically retell the story and quote unquote fix a bunch of things, some of which is very laughable. <laughs> um, like the entire ending of that, Jesus. Um, but yeah, I like also like I assume the the um the presumption here is that like there's a boobies somewhere on this resort planet because they go to boobies at some point um scarlet and dandy and i'm like that is so fucking funny <laughs> like dandy being like hey can we go to boobies it's i know this is your vacation but i gotta get my boobies on it's like um uh is it taxi driver where he brings a date to a porno theater yes he's like i didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. realize <laughs> Except in this case, Danny 100% knows that they're going to a boobies. Oh, yeah. That'd be like a deal breaker for Dandy if, like, he couldn't take a date to, to boobies. He'd be like, well, you just can't handle me. <laughs> oh, that's right. I was going to say, like, wait, when did they go to boobies? Yeah, no, they, they remember. The, literally, that's this is the seat or the, the episode that I was like, oh, I wonder what Dandy's usual drink is. Mm -hmm. um, but And this is, like, the first kind of indication where uh, Scarlet is is jealous of, of Dandy's relationship with Honey. Oh, yeah. Um. I didn't realize it until I think like the next episode. Um, the the ro the the type of robot that uh, or mobile suit that Scarlet's ex uh, pilots is in the OP. Um, oh, okay. There's like a, a cool sequence of the OP of like kind of like it. It's like a series of shots of like things in progressive scale. So it starts with like like just like the Aloha Oi, then it goes up to like the the type of mech that Dolph is piloting, and then it does the fake Edeon that johnny pilots and then the big dr gell statue of liberty ball gag <laughs> <ship>. <laughs> um but I, I didn't realize that until after watching this episode like oh right that's the same mech from the op um also shout outs to google docs um i wrote in my notes um scarlet wants dandy to pose as her boyfriend uh and google was like uh are you sure you don't want scarlet wants daddy to pose as her boyfriend God oh, damn right. no <laughs> Google has like has had no problem with me using like capital D dandy as like a, a proper noun uh, is suddenly like, are you sure you didn't mean daddy? Um, I, d I did not mean daddy. <laughs> um, also, like um, it plays over the ED, but it also plays um, in the middle of the episode during like a montage or something. But I love the like uh, what sounds to me like a fake Piper song, if people know that band, uh, but just like the most like. 80s Japanese like summertime pop song uh, imaginable. Um, it's good. It's 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 an extremely good fake one of those. I think it's it's got a name. It's like it's like summertime driving or something like that, which is also just the most stereotypical name for a song like that. Like that's basically the name of an Henri song, um, <laughs> but it's good shit. Um, well, Dolph is voiced by Kazuya Nakai, um, who I once again have to say in my notes how the fuck have we not covered him already um he's zoro in one piece Perhaps oh okay <laughs> love this man <laughs> um he's also mugen in Sham samurai champloo uh hijikata in gintama uh zap renfro in kekai sensen uh gaumon in digimon savers um very important role to me he is wits so in gundam x that's like one of his first roles um love wits in gundam x um and then unfortunately he is reverend Malkio in gundam seed uh, who's who's a reverend there's a reverend in that show for some reason like a christian sure, god reverend like it's not really it's not really explained they're not really interested in those kinds of details in okay show. <laughs> I, I didn't know if if like at some point 
they're like oh, like about to fight and then the reverend comes out and is like have you guys heard of Jesus Christ the redemptor <laughs> if only that show would be better if they leaned <laughs> in on that if there was a whole christianity subplot going on and so <laughs> and so Slegolar died just like Christ for our <laughs> sins uh uh, and then in the dub, Dolph is voiced by Brian Massey. He is uh, Lad Russo in Bacchano. He is Monkey D. Dragon in One Piece. Uh, Crimson Riot in My Hero Academia. And Oolong in Dragon Ball Z Kai. Did did all um, like voice cast get recast for like the Kai? You know, re- some okay. Some of them did um, because it's Funimation. A lot of it is the same Funimation voice actors for the original Funimation dub of Dragon Ball Z, but some of them are different. Um, like he's like Brian Massey was not Oolong in the original Funimation dub of DBZ, but gotcha. is in Kai. Uh, so I, I try to be consistent on that when I bring those up. Mm. All right. Episode 24 is called An Other Dimensional Tale, baby. Uh, brace yourself. This is the second Toenjo episode. <laughs> um, at a mall, Dandy runs into his old flame, Catherine, a disembodied heart in a tesseract from a fourth dimension. Um, she seeks, uh, his help in finding a prince named Paul from a two-dimensional universe, uh, which has entered their three-dimensional universe. Dandy reluctantly decides to help, considering that Catherine left Dandy for Paul. Intrigued by Catherine and Paul's story, Honey tags along to try to meet Paul, but is disappointed to learn that he is just a blue rectangle with a yellow, uh, crown on top. The gang learns that Paul had brought the two-dimensional universe into their three-dimensional universe in the hope of getting Catherine back. Later, Dandy and Catherine uh, discuss the secret of warping, in which warping does not really exist, and it is actually just traveling through uh, the space between universes. All the while, Dr. Gell and B have crossed into the two-dimensional universe by accident, uh, then into a one-dimensional universe, and finally a zero-dimensional universe. Um, and that's the end of the episode. Uh, it's like Flatland, but way worse. This also makes you retroactively glad that the last Toon Joe episode didn't have any women in it. Mm, so true. Because, God, uh, do... Does this fucking episode just fucking completely assassinate Honey's character for no fucking reason? Yeah, I literally have a note that's just, like, like huge question marks. Like, what the fuck is char- Honey's characterization in this episode? <laughs> like, so extremely different from even, like, the the gentle criminal or whoever <laughs> episode. Gallant, mm-hmm. the gallant gentleman, whatever his name is. Like, it, and you could tell how bad it is because she's just in her work uniform when she's not in boobies and going along with the aloha oi instead of her casual outfit that she Mm. wears in most other episodes when she's not at work i think that's very very telling i'm really grumpy i i was hoping that there was going to be a pause uh, after the description and i was just gonna say all right so episode 25 (laughs) it's like (laughs) this episode is is bad um it's it's just kind of boring, and I was kind of like... Just like Flatland. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay, it's kind of whatever, you know. And then at the very end, when she's like, oh, have you figured out the the secret to, to warping? And it's like an extended thing of like... The, the physics of going through reality, I was like, I do not care about the secrets of warping anymore. Like... This is not some grand reveal. Um, it's just kind of boring, and it made it reminded me because Toe and Joe. If if uh, someone's not listened to the last episode, which you should go listen to it. Um, 
or maybe not last episode, but one. Well, listen to all of our episodes. Uh, there's like 56 of them. Um, or this is episode 58. Uh, uh, Toa Joe is a, a physicist first. Um, and it reminds me of a thing that I was told when I was in academia, which is no one cares about your subject more than you. Uh, or no one will ever care about it as much as you do. So you have to, like, bring them up to it. Like, you have to, like, convince them to care about your subject. Uh, and God bless Toe and Joe, he does not do that. He just yeah. is like, I am I am sure the audience is going to be on the fucking edge of their seat wondering about the physics of warping through universes and how that would interact with a four-dimensional creature versus, like, a two-, three-, and one-dimensional I was like, dude... Just f- fucking stop. <laughs> Another thing that I think Tojo gets wrong about the rating is he's like, oh yeah, look at this secret past that Dandy had the entire time. Fuck off. Yeah, that adds nothing. It actively makes the episode worse. Those parts of this episode made it feel like Cowboy Bebop, and I like felt like I was breaking out in hives. Like I was like having an extreme <laughs> allergic reaction to this episode. <laughs> Just like, get me out of here. Eject, eject, eject. Luckily, that's only part of the episode. It's not the whole thing. But, yeah. like, the beginning kind of flashback is like, bro, what are we doing? <laughs> this is not much like the episode 21. I just felt like the show is not built for this. It's, it is, you cannot write an episode like this for these characters. It does not work, cl- clearly. Well, um, there's, there's, like, the weird mis- misogyny, I guess, of, like, you know, Dandy's like, so why did you leave me for Paul? Like, why did you choose Paul over me? And, uh, what's the, God, what's the girl? Catherine mm-hmm. is like, well, I knew that you would be fine without me, whereas, like, Paul was, like, so lost without me. Like, he needed, he needed direction. He needed someone to guide him or whatever. And I was like, eh, go fuck yourself. Like, that's not, like, a healthy relationship dynamic, for one. And the fact that Danny's just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It's like, no, no, it really doesn't. Um, so yeah, it it was that coupled with uh Honey being a class trader slash like uh uh gold digger or or however you want to describe her. Uh, it's just like such a bizarre, bizarre episode. Um, that I don't want to say that Toe and Joe is misogynist or that you know anything like that. I, I don't know enough about the man. But he wrote a misogynistic. But episode he, he definitely sure. wrote a misogynistic <laughs> episode and uh, a boring ep- episode previously. I mean, two boring episodes. Uh, the only one, the other one's not misogynist in that there are no women in that episode, um, except for the book. I think had a female VA. But but yeah, sorry, Toe and Joe. I'm sure I'm sure there are people who really dig your kind of sci-fi, uh, but it's not for us. Yeah. Like I said, there's a there's a Godzilla singular point, which he I think had more more of like a chief writing position on, which I think like maybe like works to his strengths a little bit better. And also has like other writers on there to do a, clearly a lot of the like character work and stuff that he's just not good at. Um, so, you know, maybe there's, there's a time and place for a toe joke, but not in this show. Yeah, I like the idea of something like I think a lot of the time when people do this, they do it like as like a marketing point where it's like, oh, really, we were we were really interested in having a scientifically accurate thing. So we consulted all these physicists and blah, 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 and it's always horseshit. But like having someone on board who's like, hey, like it would be really cool if like some of this stuff was based in scientific theory. It's like, OK, sci fi can like hard sci fi can do that. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, have someone else be like, okay, yeah, but we need a narrative too. Have someone rein in Toe and Joe. Uh, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. 
also like um something production wise not with the rating at all is um when Jell and V are like in the 2D planet universe whatever mm-hmm. it, there's like a filter over it to try to make it look like pixel art and it just it's so disappointing like oh yeah you could have just done like pixel art yeah it's... or not had a filter pick one it's extreme there's also like a weird like parallax going on in some of those shots and like this is 2d it like <laughs> this shouldn't be possible if they're on a in a two-dimensional <laughs> why am i getting like a parallax between the background and the foreground <laughs> there is no such thing as a background god damn it it's like i guess maybe we're meant to think like the camera is outside of the 2d plane but still like that's not, that's not how that would work i don't understand if that, that kind of broke me a little bit i thought like the yeah, that stu- the production stuff was weird. The the implementation of the 2D universe was fun, like having it just be like a like a 8-bit video game was fun, but again, not like like most of the episode just not executed very well. Um also I thought I totally thought this is what you were going to say Danielle cuz I remember you were uh chief to to point this out in the Cowboy Bebop episodes where it happened, but the lack of music throughout most of this episode is super noticeable. Oh, yeah. mm. Uh really just drags it down of just like I don't care about the plot, and I don't even get to listen to some cool tunes. See, my main comment on the music comes from next episode. Oh. That's the one that okay. was felt yeah, yeah, like yeah. more noticeable yeah, yeah. of the lack of music because of the tone in that one, I guess. But yeah, no, it was also a... Yeah. Because, like, there's, the music of the show is so great. Use it more. Yeah, totally. <laughs> or in this episode specifically, I think the other episodes are fine. And, and there are bones here that would make a compelling episode. Like, the idea of Dandy exploring a two-dimensional universe, a one-dimensional universe, a four-dimensional universe, whatever, like, that would that could be fun. But it's just not, like you said, not implemented well. It's just kind of, like, it's barely a plot point because it's, like, Dandy doesn't enter the, the 2D space. He just cuts through it with, like, a pair of scissors, which is fun. That's, like, a funny way of, like, solving the problem. Um... But, like, be, especially given that, like, think of, like, the ramen episode where uh, they, like, go through this, like, wormhole and, like, they do all this really cool stuff with the animation. It's like, wow, they're doing cool shit uh, compared to this, where it's like you literally are dealing with the idea of multiple dimensional universes and, like, oh, you could do so much cool stuff with that, even if it's not scientifically accurate, just, like, the the cool transitions or whatever but instead they just don't do anything with it, except for... I did think the line stuff with Jell and B near the end was... Yeah. Uh, right. Presented interestingly. Yeah, that The Jell and B stuff is the best parts of this episode because it's, like, actually funny, unlike <laughs> anything else. Yeah. And I was... I, was, I, was, I, I, I started to pause there because I remember there was another episode that did something similar where, where uh, Jell and B sh- showed up just for something to happen to them. And I can't remember what, what episode it was. But yeah, like having them basically just being the punching bag the entire episode is like a funny idea. And like having them be like, oh my God, a, a zero dimensional universe is coming out of the one dimensional universe. Like that's a funny idea, like fine. And it, it was well presented. Um, but it's just the rest of this just didn't work um, in yeah. like any way. <laughs> Yeah, just not a really well-conceived episode of anime on, like, all fronts. Uh, might be... I don't know. There were other episodes I think I was more harsh on, but it, it might just be, like, the worst in terms of, like, what happened here? <laughs> Did everybody just, like, phone this one in? Or um, 
The oh okay, there's there's a one good thing I can say about this episode, um, which is when they're at boobies earlier in the episode, like Dandy takes Catherine to boobies. There's some really incredible uh, framing of QT where they've got like QT framed below the table they're sitting at. So you only see QT's eyes <laughs> as he's talking. <laughs> and I just thought that was like the funniest thing in the world of just like they would cut back to QT. And he's just like a full like foot below everyone else's <laughs> eye level because he's just sitting at the edge of the table. That's um, very funny. Um, QT is the uh, the standout of the show for me. I love love my special little vacuum boy this is upon thinking about it i would say that this episode for me veers closer to mid like it's like eh, it's like lame at the end where it's like they just do like this weird science dump um and like the rest of it is kind of like it's like you know like the honey stuff is shitty but like it's whatever it's just kind of like background noise almost uh the next episode mm. uh and i want to preface this by by like, I don't normally do this, but I did start skipping forward a little bit. I was so bored. <gasps> I you in anime jail. Yeah, I I was like, please, God, just, like, get. we'll get into it. Like, during, but during certain person's testimonies, I was like, can this just fucking end? I'm so bored. But I have a lot to say about the next <laughs> one. Oh, boy. Yeah. Alrighty, well. This one was just more, like, beige for me. Like, bad beige. This one was, like, mid- but the misogyny, I yeah. think, keeps it from mm. being mid to me. I realize I am more sensitive than y'all about that. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I just thought, like, this was the most, like, this is, like, I think every other episode of this show that I wasn't really quite a fan of, um, at least had, like, something I could say, like, okay, this was interesting to, like, think about or, like, interesting to engage with or I, I liked the animation or whatever, like, this one had next to nothing. The fact that I'm, like, talking about, like, oh, I thought the way they framed QT in a shot so they don't have to animate his mouth moving is, like, <laughs> the, the highlight of the episode says something. <laughs> but that's the only thing I could latch on to. Um, so, yeah, like, like mid, but also just, like, got nothing going on with it uh, that's interesting. Even, even some of the worst episodes we've watched were, were at least interesting. Anyway, uh, Catherine, the four-dimensional heart lady, is voiced by Miyuki uh, Sawashiro. She is uh, Kurapika in uh, Hunter x Hunter, Shino in Sword Art Online, uh, Kelty Sterluson in uh, Ra, <laughs> a.k.a. the Headless Rider, um, Suraga Kanbru, Kanbaru in the Monogatari series. Uh, put a pin in that. Uh, <laughs> Kiari in uh, Kakeguri. Uh, shout outs. Uh, Hanako in Otakoi. Um, Modern VA for Fujiko Mine in Lupin the uh, Third since about 2011. Uh, Elizabeth in Persona 3. Uh, Slan in uh, Modern Berserk anime. Uh, and Lady Haman in Gundam the Origin. We love Lady Haman on this podcast. I, I assume. I don't remember how much she's in the Gundam movies, but we, we, we stand Lady Haman. I mean, she, if she's voiced by Miyuki Sawashiro, I'm going to say yeah. Yeah. And like a million other roles, like not enough, not enough space to contain her, her multitudes. My, my brain misfired because I heard Lady Haman and I put together Lady Abelia and Hamon or whatever the guy's name was in Now and Then Here and There. Oh. <laughs> I was like, Hamdo? Hamdo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamdo, yeah. I don't no, know why Lady I put Haman, 
is is the bad bitch that Ramba Raw pulled in um, oh, <laughs> right. Double, okay, Double yeah. 79. Yeah. Yeah, we love her. We love that Ramba Raw dies and she's like, well, I'm just going to lead his troops on a suicide mission to get revenge on my yeah. beautiful <laughs> mustachioed husband. We love her for that. She's also kind of great in the origin, I will say. That's one of the things I really liked about the origin was the Lady Haman backstory stuff. She's a badass. Um, and then in the dub, Catherine is voiced by Morgan Garrett. She is Nadeshko in Yuru Camp, um, Yuko in Nichijo, um, Sabo in One Piece, and Daya in Love Live Sunshine. Um, and then Paul, the, um, the 2D prince, is uh, voiced in Japanese by Kazuhiko Inoue. Uh, he is Kakashi in Naruto, so shoutouts. Um, uh, Madara in Natsume's Book of Friends. Cars in uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure 2012. Um, Dust Attenborough in, uh, or Dusty, I don't know why I wrote that wrong. Dusty Attenborough in Legend of the Galactic Heroes, the original OVA version of that. Um, uh, Toichiro Suzuki in Mob Psycho. Um, he's like the, the, the kind of final bad guy from season two. Uh, the, the name didn't resonate for me, but I saw his picture. So like, oh, that guy. Um, and he's also motherfucking Jared Mesa from Zeta Gundam, which doesn't mean anything to you, Danny, but hopefully it means something to you, Danielle. <laughs> we, we, we fucking love Jared Mesa. We love a fuck up little shitty fascist boy. <laughs> he's so good. Um, and then he's also been a ton of random guys in 80s, 90s uh, mecha anime. Like, I didn't want to note all of them, but just like a bunch of like, oh, he's in that show. He's in that show, uh, which makes sense. Um, and then in the dub, Paul is voiced by Gregory Lush. Uh, not a lot of credits for him. He is Lindo in Dance with Devils. Don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, August 7 in Darker Than Black. I kind of know what that is. And he is uh, Crocus and Toto in One Piece. Um, not, not a lot to say about him. I, I love that they got Kakashi to voice this guy who has like two lines. Mm-hmm. Like literally just the part where Dr. Gell's like, oh, it must be interference from someone else or whatever. It's just like literally like for, for, from a soap opera yeah. or whatever. Literally like two lines of Catherine, take me back. And that's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> a lot like them getting Megami uh, Hayashibara to voice um, Pine Pine. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get Ray from Evangelion to voice yeah. his character in a single episode. Or didn't they get Asuka to voice a cat in Flying Witch? Something. No, that was uh, Sailor Moon. Oh, so good. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Something like that, though. Um, all right. Well, that brings us to <laughs> the contentious episode 25, Dandy's Day in Court, baby. Um in an intergalactic courtroom, Dandy is accused of murdering a uh, Lumadian named Guy Reginald by striking him using a baseball just before his wife, Rose Reginald, returned home. Uh, the baseball actually belongs to a boy named uh, a boy from Planet Turbo named Hiroshi, who claims that he was playing baseball with his friend Jack, uh, but the baseball suddenly landed in Planet Suburbia. Uh, Jicro Empire scientist Professor uh, Duran explains that the baseball emitted traces of pionium energy, which caused it to transport through time and space. Although Rose is later accused of murder, Duran believes that the pionium energy reacted to someone's murderous intent. Uh, the, ju- the jury unanimously agrees that this came from Hiroshi, who was furious that Jack blocked him on Twitter. Uh, the judge clears Rose of all charges by revealing that Guy is a professional wrestler who turns out... Uh, was only knocked unconscious by the baseball and is actually still alive. Uh, it also turns out that Dandy was asleep the entire trial, uh, which is why he was surprisingly qu- quiet during all the proceedings. Um, as the Aloha Oi crew exits the courthouse, they find themselves surrounded by 
the Gogol Empire Armed Forces. Um, I didn't hate this episode. I'll, I'll just get out right because I think I'm the only one that kind of mildly liked this one. I did not hate it, um, mostly because I like this kind of courtroom episode of a show. But uh, but definitely could have been better in a lot of ways. No, I love the concept. The execution, I fucking hate, though. Like, chiefly among that is Dandy doesn't have any fucking lines. Yeah. <laughs> Dandy doesn't have any lines. They're, the only music is like a fucking some sort of like mechanical droning. And the camera shaking in it almost every single fucking scene. Yeah, this this episode fucking sucked. <laughs> like I said, I got so bored during some parts of it that I was like, all right, I don't need to hear that, yes, it is Hiroshi's ball, and his friend Jack also thinks it's Hiroshi's ball. And I was like, oh my god, I don't care. Shut up. <laughs> and then they, they cut to the Hiroshi throwing the baseball as hard as he can because he wants to kill his friend Jack because... Uh, he got blocked on Twitter. Blocked him on Twitter. Like, no, no, audio... you're getting it. You're getting it wrong. He Hiroshi's not throwing the ball. Hiroshi's hitting, but he's he's uh like fractured uh, oh, his yeah, bat he cracked in a way. The ball up, yes. Yeah, so yeah, that, that if was... he if he hits it, the splinters will go directly at his friend Jack. Yeah, and the audio on it is fucked up. It's like clipping the whole time. It's like a bass boosted thing for some yeah, reason. But the animation is sick. The animations, anyway. yeah, that's the only part that I was yeah. like, oh, this is at least interesting. Though I, I was very confused as to why the audio was, like, bass-boosted, clipping, like, blowing my eardrums out. Uh, literally, the only interesting thing in this episode is that cutaway, and then the fact that Dandy went to Boobies, bought a cup of coffee, and then stayed for five hours. <laughs> I got a kick out mm -hmm. of that. Uh, but I don't care about the Pionium lore dump. I don't give a single fuck about that. Uh, I was just like so checked out. Maybe the it's the double hitter of the Toe and Joe episode followed by this. Oh sure, but yeah, I was I was, was just so a rough stretch, yeah. so gone. God, I I stopped paying attention in parts of the episode because I I think I'm like kind of mad about this one because it's like such a wasted opportunity to have like a dandy being like the shittiest defendant of all time. Yeah, and his lawyer like trying his best to get him to shut the fuck up. Yeah, Definitely. have. Have Dandy accidentally incriminate himself, or do like a fucking Rashomon episode where it's like eight total. Oh, that would have been good. Like discussions of the same event or whatever. But it's like such a cop out to just be like, oh, he was actually asleep, but because he's a really rare alien, the coroner didn't realize that or whatever. It's like, fuck off. Yeah. I basically agree with everything y'all are saying. I just mostly like thought this was like mid, so I wasn't, I wasn't like upset watching it. I was like, eh, this, this could have been better. Yeah. It. I mean, I'm like, I think this is my least favorite episode just because I could not be bothered to fucking be watching it the entire time. Yeah, it That's didn't, fair. it didn't, it wasn't livened up by misogyny like the last episode. So this one, is, <laughs> it's like beige, but like boring beige. No, it's not even like, it, I, I think beige is too strong because like the droning noise and the slightly shaking camera in every scene made me like, get a headache yeah, if they had done like a phoenix Wright episode where you know like if they were just like parodying phoenix Wright, because like it's it's very much a court procedural like they keep having cutaways to being like you know 
prosecutor prevents or presents evidence, Meow's testimony or, or whatever. It's like, okay, like, I see what you're doing, but I want there to be, like, more. I don't want it to just be, like, a highfalutin country lawyer. Uh, I want Foghorn Leghorn to be in this. <laughs> okay, but the ju- the judge in specific is giving yes. Foghorn Leghorn slash Benoit Blanc. Yes, yes. But, like, I want everyone to be at that level of goofiness yeah. and to have... Uh, Danny just say the wrong things the whole time and like have these conflicting stories and you know whatever because uh, I also thought they were going to do like a 12 angry men thing when they go to the jury room because there's like yeah they almost kind of do and then like pull away from it yeah it's like oh the the one guy is like looking at his phone the whole time or, or like whatever and it's like oh this is a court of law we got to be serious it's like oh that happens in uh 12 angry men like almost explicitly where one guy's like yeah. oh yeah i got to get to this baseball game he's guilty or whatever like there's like it's like oh god you were almost there but i don't know if they just didn't realize what they were doing like that wasn't the intention or if they were like oh we can't just do 12 angry men or whatever but like it's just so bad <laughs> you've just given me an incredible epiphany which is here's how you fix this episode with with minimal changes um you have Dandy represent himself. He doesn't have a lawyer. He he's out there <laughs> committing all kinds of no, you, uh, chicanery. You have Meow and QT. No, well, representing what him. I was going to say is you have Dandy represent himself, and then somehow everybody's confused by this in the episode. Somehow you have QT and Meow on the jury. I was going to so say you hit that. The, yeah. You hit the twelve angry men section, and it's Q, uh, Meow and QT trying to like be like, hey, maybe he that didn't do it. <laughs> And then they, and then that's how it ends. You you end it with like the rest of the jurors making a case for like, well, I'm pretty sure Dandy did it, and Keon, uh, Meow and QT being like, yeah, you're right. And then they kill Dandy. <laughs> you just end the episode with Dandy being hung. Uh, a wink. Um, but uh, they they peg Dandy for his crimes. I mean, uh, uh, they tr- they they finger him for his <laughs> the crime. I mean, uh. Uh, but yeah, like lots of ways this episode could have gone where it would have been better. I also thought like it was immediately like my first note on this episode is like, oh, it's just like the the Seinfeld finale, which I, I just think is one of the best television finales. And they should have just done that. He should have been on trial for all of the crimes he's committed in other episodes. That would have been great. Um, but um, especially alas. because you could you could have that and still have the ending of this episode, which is the only relevant thing. Because it yeah. leads directly in the next episode. Have Dandy be in jail, but then it's like, oh, Dr. Gell breaks him out of jail. And at first, Dandy's like, oh, what's up, baby? You're here to save me. And then, you know, episode 26 happens. But, like, nope. <laughs> nope. None yeah. of that happens. I was also, there There was also a missed opportunity of, I thought when they revealed that the guy they thought was murdered, who was actually not murdered, is a wrestler. Um, I thought it was going to be like, oh, he's the wrestler that um, Honey was like a big fan of in that one episode but no it's just another guy um no no call back to that anyway that's probably more than enough time spent on that episode um uh as you might have guessed based off some of the other voice casting decisions there's some some interesting casting for some of these characters who are literally only in these episodes so i took way too many notes uh i've got four <laughs> for us um the judge uh, in japanese is voiced by hiakatsu shibata he is King Bradley in Full Metal Alchemist. He is uh, more synergy between English voice actors here. Yeah, he is Monkey D. Dragon in the Japanese uh, audio for One Piece. Uh, he is the fourth Hokage, and he is Omega Shenron in Dragon Ball GT. Dragon Ball GT fans stand up, all, all 12 of us. <laughs> 
Uh, in the dub, uh, Judge Foghorn Leghorn is voiced by Bill Jenkins. He is uh, Sebastian. <laughs> Those are two separate words, by the way. Uh, in uh, Overlord. Once again, I am being convinced to watch Overlord just by the character names uh, that I have to look up for this podcast. It's got to be like Gundam, right? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be good. <laughs> Every show that has good character names is a good show. We all know this. I mean, it did get four seasons somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to say something. <laughs> um, he's also uh, Yuki in Joker Game. Uh, he is credited as the narrator in the Funimation dub of One Piece, but I'm like, One Piece has a narrator? What? Is that <laughs> the guy who does the Gold D? Like, oh, there, there's he left no, all in one place. Because that's Gold D. Roger. Um, or I guess maybe there there is some narration in that that's not just gold d roger saying the thing i don't no, know it's... actually I, I feel like i remember at the end of like one of like when we did the show and tell where it's like and then luffy with his oh, yeah, newly yeah. formed sure. crew i guess that makes sense um he's also keel lorenz in the funimation dove of the april rebuilds that's the sailor guy the ridiculous headpiece um the prosecutor um is voiced by toshihiko seki uh he is Char Aznable. Hey. Wait for it. In Gundam Build Fighters Battlelog only. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> if you know if if you know shit about Gundam, you would have been like, that's not right. He's that's not uh that's not the voice actor for Char. It's like, yeah, you're right. But apparently they couldn't get um uh oh shit, what's that? What's the actual voice actor for Char's name? Uh Kenjiro um, Suda. Oh, if only. He'd make a he'd make a great char. Um Dan fuck, what Green. Is his name? Uh, oh, Ikeda, uh, Shuichi Ikeda. Uh, yeah. He's like the char voice actor, has voiced him in literally everything, I guess, except for Gundam Build Fighters Battlelog. More important Gundam note, though, uh, Toshiki, uh, Toshiko Seki is um, duo Maxwell in Gundam Wing. Uh, he is Sanzo Genjo in Sayuki. He is uh, Musashi Goda in Mob Psycho. That's like the leader of the like bodybuilding club. Oh, okay. Um, he is Aruka, Aruka Sensei in Naruto. Um, here's a double whammy. He is uh, Rao Le Creuset in Gundam Seed. <laughs> ridiculous character, ridiculous name. And he is Ray Zabarel in Gundam Seed Destiny. Um, and I, then, uh huh. I, I sometimes wish that we did like video recordings of our recording oh, sessions because yes. every time you you list a gundam name i immediately put my hands up and shake my head i'm like <laughs> which one got you was it was it late lake crusade uh, all of them really but yeah. yes it's lake crusade followed up by double barrel shotgun whatever the last guy was yeah like, ra- raise raise a barrel um here's your gundam seed spoiler because no one on earth should care about gundam seed spoilers if you haven't seen it um Raise a barrel in Seed Destiny is a clone of Lake Cru- or clone of the same. Both of them are clones. Lake Crusade and Zabarrel are both clones, cloned from the same person. Oh, um, so it's like Metal so Gear. that's why they have the same. Yeah, <laughs> except except what if Big Boss was not cool at all and just like a like a like a monarch guy, like a not like a like a like a aristocrat guy. Well, you haven't you haven't played MGS three yet, so don't, you know don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and then most importantly, uh, Toshihiko Seki is the voice voice of Momotaros from Common Rider Den O. Um, all the Den O uh, heads out there know uh, they're cheering right now 
stop. All, all the dozen of us. No, okay. What did I say that about Gundam X? Um, or, or no, Dragon Ball GT. There are more fans of Deno than Dragon Ball GT. Okay. I'm happy to say that. Um, there, there are maybe a few dozen of us. Um, <laughs> anyway, we love we love Momotaros. Um, and then in the dub, the prosecutor is voiced by uh, uh, Talaisen Jaffe, uh, who is United Kingdom in Hitalia. Kagura in Aquarian Evol, uh, Basil Hawkins in One Piece, and this was extremely funny to me, uh, Adolf Junkers in Monster. Um, everybody that's ever told you Monster is a serious uh, series has lied to you. That shit is goofy as hell. Um, then Rose, who's like the wife of the not-actually-dead wrestler, is voiced by uh, Sayaka Ohara. She is Ezra in Fairy Tale, Beatrice in the Umineko anime. Um, and Alicia Florenz in Aria. And then in the dub is voiced by Stephanie Young, who is Nico Robin in One Piece, um, Claire in Claymore, Olivia Mira Armstrong in Full Metal Alchemist, uh, Sylvia Sherwood in Spy Family, and then Nana Shimura in My Hero Academia. And then Skipjack, uh, one of the two like baseball kids in this episode, is voiced by Mina Tominaga, who has one credit I extremely wanted to shout out. She is now uh, Izumi in Pat Labor, main character of that show. Love her. Um, she's Sinritsu in Hunter Hunter, and then um, Mom in Dragon Quest, The Adventures of Dai, the original one from the 90s. And then in the dub, Skipjack is voiced by Terry Dottie, who is Kyoka in Interview with Monster Girls. Uh, Suki Uzaki in Uzaki-chan wants to hang out. That's the mom. And then uh, Jaguar in Kimono Friends. I, I do want to, uh, going back to the episode content itself, I do like to, I want to shout out the uh, the Rose character. I do, I, it was kind of interesting. She works at uh, Boobies. Oh, yeah. And like the prosecutor tries to be like, oh, well, like you, you were clearly interacting with, with Dandy and like, that means y'all conspired to do this or whatever. Uh, so interesting little di- like discussion slash dynamic of like, no, he was just a customer. Um, I don't think that the show was trying to do like some sort of broad societal statement about like the concept of sex work as work and like the the boundaries that are drawn between interacting with the customer and like outside of that. Uh, but I did think that was interesting that that was like a that was kind of brought up. But yeah. I do like that it gives them an excuse to bring honey to the stand. Mm. Um, Which I loved. I loved her testimony where it was like, uh, did you know she was married? No, she always worked nights. So I just kind of assumed that she didn't have anyone to go home to. And I was like, Jesus mm. Christ. <laughs> That's the honey I know, not the honey that was in. <laughs> The, yeah. the kind of the kind of person who would say something that's like horribly mean but like not realize it was awful yeah uh anyway that that is all the voice actors for space dandy that we'll cover that no one new shows up in the final episode um so that was it uh which brings us to the finale episode 26 called never ending dandy baby um Dandy is captured and taken to the tower of the Gogol Empire homeworld, where Dr. Gell and B extract pionium energy from Dandy to complete a large doomsday satellite that would give them access to other dimensions. Johnny mounts an assault on the Gogol Empire, while QT, Meow, Scarlet, and Honey attempt to rescue Dandy. Meanwhile, B is revealed to be a spy for the Jikro Empire, but decides to act on his own intentions. Sorry. Um, however, uh, B is crushed to death by Dr. Gell, who later entrusts Dandy to stop the satellite from activating. 
Dandy Soli pilots Dr. Gell's full spaceship, the the Statue of Liberty mecha, um, in combat mode to reach and destroy the satellite. The shockwave from the explosion erases everybody and everything from existence. Dandy finds himself talking to the narrator, who reveals himself uh, to be a being of omnipotence. The narrator offers Dandy uh, to um, become the new god of a new universe, but Dandy turns him down after realizing that he wouldn't be able to keep on living in his body anymore, uh, leaving the new universe without a god. 14.8 billion years later, Dandy starts another adventure with QT on the Aloha Oi in the new godless universe. Uh, long live dandy the outer wilds fucking whips man uh yeah <laughs> uh which that's all I'll leave it at with that i don't want to go further into it you know for anyone listening or anything uh but anyway uh what an episode i tell you um just uh bottom to top i i love this episode i love everybody just being like yeah we got to save dandy yeah you know? right yeah that's fun this this is how you do like a okay we need like a plot episode at the ending this is how you do it <laughs> Reminds me of something a high school teacher, high school English teacher said. It was like a creative writing teacher, and, and uh, y'all know who I'm talking about probably, but I'm not going to say their name, mm-hmm. just, you know. But he, he wrote on one of my papers that I had turned in just the word, like, ah, A-H-H-H. And I was like, <laughs> hey, what the fuck does this mean? <laughs> and he, he's like, well... It, when you when you finish a story, you want you don't want to leave a sour taste in someone's mouth. You want them to to leave the story refreshed. You want them to come away from it going like, ah, what a like a satisfying ending. Just something to make you go ah. And that's what this episode is like. It's the kind of thing that's a it's a proper send off. It's it's compelling. It's uh to me at least it's it's um the kind of thing that makes me go like for for all the faults of the last two episodes those are forgiven because this just kind of like refreshes me and go makes me reminds me of why i love the series so much and makes me go ah <laughs> shout out to that english teacher by the way oh yeah i think that's, that's maybe the best thing you could say about the show is that like um the f- for all the episodes that are bad the episodes that are good are so good that you you can forgive those bad ones, you know? Um, and this this is definitely like a fitting finale in that way of just like, yeah, who cares what, what came before this? Like, this one slaps. Okay, so the episode that reminds me the most of was the Inferno Cop. Oh, episode, totally. Because both of them so heavily lean on Evangelion. Like, I literally had to pause and like laugh for two minutes when I saw B do like the fucking Gendo pulling a gun. Yes. <laughs> I think I well, I have a note in here somewhere that's literally just like oh this is the, the this is the final impact it is, it is very much going for like you know rebuild 2.0 uh, or like the like end of it like that kind of vibe of you know death and rebirth and it's so fucking good. <laughs> Dandy fucking crucified on a Sephiroth. Yeah, he literally literally is up on the yeah. tree of life. <laughs> <laughs> like they know what they're doing. Also, did we all catch uh, the little? cowboy bebop uh cameo in this episode no no vicious's crow is just straight up in this episode oh is that okay yeah (laughs) Yeah. i did i I remember there being a crow be like what the fuck okay yeah it's like why (laughs) why is vicious's crow here Um, that's the part that i laughed the hardest at of this one (laughs) it's like oh my god god it's just like it's episode's so good for like having like a really cool action scenes and then like the silliest shit interspersed yeah. like 
There's like a blink and you'll miss it. Oh, Admiral Perry's just yeah, some guy. Yeah, right? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like some producer-looking ass guy. Uh, I, I do have a question, Austin. Uh, uh-huh. you, know, you, you did the called shot of the core being like a mech show thing you know what i'm talking about the core being like oh yeah, the, yeah 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 is is the super hulk rider or whatever the 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 mega weapon is that a is that another mech show call out um it's 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 a little bit reminiscent of the the spear of longinus from evangelion mm. and also a little bit reminiscent of the uh, i'm sorry i don't remember the actual name of it the dick and balls gun from <laughs> victory gundam People, people who have seen Victory Gundam know exactly what I'm talking about, but I don't know what it's actually called in that series. You can uh, DM us at, at Utter the Kotatsu for the dick and ball gun name. Uh. Um, t- typing in dick and balls gun Victory Gundam right now to see if I can get a picture. Uh, to... This is just what they always call it. Oh, here we go. This is what they always call it on... Um, uh, great Gundam project, and so it's just it's absorbed into my memory. Here's a really <laughs> low quality screenshot for y'all uh, to look at. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. <laughs> they don't make anime like they used to. Yeah. I tell you, um, it's it's like a it's like a big space laser thing yeah. uh, that has two energy cores that look like balls. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and in this case, the the thing is almost like the Halo weapon in halo where it's like yeah it's like it's like admiral perry's like as soon as someone turns on this weapon no one can turn it off like the pionium's gonna blah 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 or whatever it it, it it's a, a goofy little premise but it's really not the the most interesting thing i i think the most interesting thing in this episode is just a all the characters kind of coming back yeah honey gets like such a better mm-hmm. send-off than episode 24 she's thank a god. capable pilot let her pilot a fucking mech and yeah surf. oh, oh my god it's so fucking good <laughs> like johnny comes back um the, the music is fucking going for it is that's the my yes. note is just the music is going for it because they're like because uh, as they're going through basic like QT's like, oh, Dandy's at the top, but this is after they've they're in the little Aloha and they're like at the bottom, basically like in the trenches of the Death Star kind of idea. Um, and they have to go through all these tunnels in the little Aloha and they're like wiggling their head around and like doing like the hole in the wall kind of like movements. It's it's so fucking funny. Um, just like really well animated, and then uh, you know, uh Dr. Gell and B's like struggle back and forth b's like third act twist it's so good it's all of it's just so good and then um layered on top of that is like it's not like a super super serious episode obviously like you know admiral perry showing up and looking like a fucking god like just a guy Mm -hmm. uh because he had been using like a projector like his fucking fursona was his projector image or whatever uh like god bless him it's just so and then then dandy's like no i'm gonna make the heroic sacrifice but he pilots like the full statue of liberty it also in in conversation because this is also written by shinshiro radanabe in conversation with bebop which we've all discussed how the bebop episode or bebop finale doesn't earn spikes not heroic sacrifice but his death at least um isn't really earned in that in this i literally had a note before anything happened i was like if dandy makes a heroic sacrifice it's been earned like he has grown as a character especially in this last kind of few episodes i think of like oh yeah or you know in in some other episodes too 
of like Danny being like a you know like hey like this is my battle I'm gonna do this for me kind of thing um and then you think it's gonna be like this like melancholic heroic sacrifice uh but then like the Statue of Liberty's uh like robe comes off and she's mm-hmm. like caked up and then Dandy jumps out and then he's caked up and then he just punches the the weapon in the face yeah kind it's of good. Thing. um and then uh the the final impact happens and we basically have the opposite of Madoka occur where Dandy refuses to be magical girl god uh, and 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 decides to live just for boobies and booty. Uh, it, it's it's just so good. Um, it, it's it's a perfect little send off where it's not too serious, not too. Uh, it's not like too lighthearted. Um, it's definitely like a happy ending. See, like when I was watching it, I thought the ending was just going to be like the little narration of a dandy guy in space, mm. whatever. I thought that would have been like a cute little bookmark, but the actual ending we get's fine too. <laughs> And it's, like, extremely fitting for, like, the end of a show of, like, hey, the narrator's dead. Like, these characters are going to go on, but you're not going to, like, get those stories told to you. Like, it's it's cool. It's, like, a nice way to, like, say goodbye to those characters. And I like that it's, like, right back at the very start, like, because, like, they haven't met Meow yet. It's just Dandy and QT um, on the Aloha Oi. Yeah, it's, like, the cycle will continue, but, like, not in the same way necessarily. But, like... It it feels faded that the three of them will get together and have their adventures together, and like that's great. Yeah, that's that's all you need, and maybe continued. Shinshiro Watanabe, please, dear dear listener, Shinshiro Watanabe, please. No, uh, no, uh, Shingo uh, Natsume, dear listener, Shingo Natsume. <laughs> you don't need Shinshiro Watanabe this time. Just make season three. You can do it. Masaki Yuasa, um, please. Yes, <laughs> come back and direct another episode. Because that's the thing. This is the um, the only other episode besides the um, premiere, like the the first episode of season one, that um, is uh, either directed and or storyboarded by Shingo Natsume, um, who's like the 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 you know kind of lead director on the show, with like not Watanabe being in like a kind of supporting director position. Um, and it really shows. There's a lot of kind of parallels between this and the first episode. Um, Kind of the the chief among them for me being like all of the animation in the scenes where it's like the like Scarlet, Honey, QT, and Meow aboard the Aloha Oi like racing to rescue Dandy. Um, the animation of those scenes really does a great job of convincing like a sense of scale. Um, in like the first episode with all the like you know I called it the like Phantom Menace. Uh, there's always a bigger fish kind of sequence in that first episode, but like. Similar here, like it just does such a great job of like giving you a sense of scale of of this whole thing and um just real like loose and fluid animation and it's it's very like Shingo Natsume to me. Um very like this is like one of his earliest like outings as like a director and like you can kind of see like his whole style um in this episode um in particular. Um so just like a real kind of tour de force in, in parts of this episode that's just a, a joy to watch. Um it's a great way to send it off. Yeah, and I I just love that, you know, the universe ends, and it's not like, oh, Danny's gonna recreate it in his image. It just, like, kind of goes in a cycle where it just says, you know, 14.6 billion years later kind of thing. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm gonna do it better this time. It's like, no, Dandy is head empty and just lives for boobies. There's, I'm sure there's some think piece out there or whatever, or, like, some scholarly article about, like, the Taoist 
reading of of space dandy or or whatever mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not necessarily i'm not sure that it's Taoist or anything like that but like the it's not nihilism but it's like the kind of absurdity of life kind of thing in space dandy i mean that is a type of nihilism just not the edward one <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's, it's just such a good good time and a good send-off to all these characters and uh i'm i'm it's it made me glad to have watched the series i'm trying to like look back at the other shows you watched and i think like the only other ending i could compare to this would be ping pong and that yep. they're just perfect endings yeah in terms of like you know not that we're necessarily doing our re-ranking the katatsu thing uh but this definitely goes up there and i, I don't know if y'all are okay with like switching to overall thoughts of the series oh sure um but like this ranks up there with ping pong there are definitely more misses in this series than in ping pong. Um, but I feel, I mean, it's also kind of comparing apples and oranges. Like there's such different shows. They're going for such different vibes. Um, but this is definitely what I would call like the the top mark for a comedic series. Like ping pong okay. is a top mark for a dramatic series or like a series that's very narrative focused. Whereas this is like much more of a... This is like a top mark for a more loose story. Yeah, I definitely uh, yeah. agree. <laughs> Very happy uh, we ended up going to this. And finally, one more step to uh, laying the specter of Cowboy Bebop to rest. That's true. We're, we're almost there <laughs> until they maybe decide to make more. Hopefully not. Um, uh, I have w- w- one or two last things to say about the the final episode, which is um, y- you did ask about mecha callbacks, uh, Danny there's a there's a scene in this episode where Johnny and the fake uh Ideon, um the the chest of that mech opens up and there's a lion in there that breathes out a laser and that's a Gal Gygar reference. Um, which was fun. Com- combining Ideon with <laughs> Gal Gygar is fun. <laughs> and then I like um uh there's a scene where like Johnny like bursts in on the room where uh Admiral Perry is and he says, Surprise, here's Johnny and that was fun to me. I like that. Had to shout that out. Um, oh, I was gonna say is that is that also a mech reference? But it's a shining <laughs> shining thing, yeah. But yes, okay, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, great, great finale, good show. That's like literally, I literally watched that episode with like a different thing. Did a hear Johnny joke at the same time? But this one worked way fucking better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have anything else to say. Like this show is really solid. I'm glad we watched it. All the things I thought held up, which is like the show is better than Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> it's a very different show, but it's just like this is a better. I don't know. Like, uh, I think the, the the broadest thing I can maybe say is just like the complaint that kept on coming up about Cowboy Bebop as we were talking about Dandy is that Cowboy Bebop is a show that really didn't get the most out of its core cast, and this is a show that does. And I think that's like a huge difference between the two. I think that really would have saved a lot of our thoughts on bebop if like we got way more ein and um and ed uh and and just more of the crew interacting with each other and not just a lot of like this is a spike episode this is a uh uh what's his name why do i want to say jacks jet. we okay we just watched jet. a mortal Kombat movie i wanted to call him jacks but jet yeah and it's like my favorite episodes of bebop were the two more like the comedy focused ep- episodes because you know they had a lot more fun with the concept of the characters and if you set nearly the entire series to do those funny comedy episodes it works out great though i i would say um 
in terms of like, oh, we need more Ayn and Ed, th- that, that's absolutely true. But um, if we take Ayn and Ed to be like analogous to QT and Meow in this, I would say even like, obviously they're great in this, but like Dandy is also like, Dandy is also a different character than anyone else on in Bebop. Yeah. Like, it's almost like we would need Spike to be a lot more like Dandy, a lot more like yeah. free flowing a lot more like uh whatever like devil may care kind of attitude um like it's just like fundamental like and we talked about this i think last episode where it's like there's no reason the bebop crew are together they hate each other they constantly get in each other's way they're not working towards anything together they're bounty hunters but they never or very rarely try to catch the same bounty if if anything fairly regularly they're at odds about what to do with a bounty so it, it's just like a completely different you, you need bebop to have more ed and ein but also you need to have everyone like each other <laughs> you need them yeah. to have dinner together sometime and just like sort through their their life um so yeah yeah well it's like the big thing is like the just the dynamic of the main cast on cowboy bebop is so like out of whack from what you want from a show like that um but yeah i think i think we we laid to rest the question uh which is should people just watch space dandy as an introductory anime instead of cowboy bebop which often gets recommended fucking lootly yes yeah totally um and i feel like after doing this the three of us could make a very good skip list of the show too if you just wanted to watch the absolute bangers you could pair this down to like 15 episodes maybe um yeah just not wall to wall like here's here's the great episodes and because of the nature of the show like if you just skipped one you wouldn't be missing anything in like the larger kind of context of things it's not that kind of show yeah and and the episode coincidentally i guess the episodes that are not necessarily linked but you can like pull thematic parallels to like the a daily episode and the fishing episode where it's like oh it's dandy interacting with a a small kid kind of thing like you could those both are bangers independently and therefore yep. like you can uh you could watch both of those and be like oh look dandy's grown even though it's a different dandy i guess maybe <laughs> uh all right well i guess that closes the book on space dandy we finally did it after over two years of promising to <laughs> watch this show for the podcast we did it um we'll get to what we're watching next in just a second but um now's where we talk about what other anime we've been watching i will go first and say i have not i've been playing a lot of tears of the kingdom because the game slaps that's all i want to do in my free time uh who wants to go next uh i'll go uh yeah i have just been keeping up with my seasonals and i've started to read the uh eerie is my job manga because um was figuring the manga was going to get to a a lot more of the stuff I found interesting than the show's going to get to, and yeah, liking it. I also think it's just, um, I think it works a little bit better as a manga than an anime, but I'll save my thoughts on that for later. All right, and what about you, Danny? Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I watched anything. Um, Does playing Metal Gear Solid 2 count as anime? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've been doing that. Um, I bought a PlayStation 3. Um... I watched Sex World. It's not an anime, but it's oh, banger, yeah. sound- they banger should, soundtrack. They, sh- they should make a Sex World anime, though. Mm-hmm. I would watch that. Yeah, I don't think... Because I, f- I finished uh, Jinji Ito's Venus in the Blind Spot. It's really good. Um, recommend. Uh, I'm going to start reading through Ping Pong, the animation, the manga. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so I'll report back whether or not that's as good as the animation, um, which putting it out there that there are definitely times, obviously, that a anime an, an anime can be great and a manga can be less like lesser or vice versa. Um, some things just work better with or without uh, animation. They're different media um, or mediums. I think that's it. Yeah, no, I uh, I've not been watching too much, um, but I'm excited to. No, I was going to say I'm excited to talk about what, what I've been watching next time, but I, but that's because I'm getting a lot of Vinegar Syndrome movies in the mail, and those aren't anime, so... Yeah, <laughs> it'd be like that. <laughs> it do be like that. But yeah, so maybe by next time I'll have watched more of something that I've said that I will watch several times, <laughs> but <laughs> I keep getting distracted doing something else, or I look and see that the series is like 50 episodes, and I'm like, ah, that's a big commitment, but we'll see. All right. Well, that uh, brings us to the reveal of what we're watching next. It is uh, Danielle's pick. So, Danielle, what are we going to be watching next time? Um, I wanted to pick something that was, the source material was written by Nisio Issen. Um, I was originally going with Katanagatari for the longest time, but I think while I am interested in revisiting that show, and I think we would have a good time watching it, I don't think it would be make for the most interesting discussions. So, uh, fuck it. We're watching Bakemonogatari. <laughs> Hell yeah. I know Danny's going to fucking hate it, but we're going to do it. <laughs> I know nothing about the series, so I'm excited to... All I know about it is, and I know, I assume Danielle, I don't know, Austin, if you have an opinion, but I do know that there are a lot of, like, guides, quote-unquote, out there where it's like, oh, if you want to watch the Monogatari yeah. series... Yeah, no, that's that's bullshit. There's, uh, the anime, the naming seems a bit impenetrable, but, like, it's very much a watch it in release order there's literally only one difference in release order between the lns and the anime sure the uh chronological order is different but the, the release order is simple enough fuck you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm i'm ride or die for release order on things so uh i i feel like i could go either way on this i could either I, i'm i i have it open in my heart to either hate this thing or love it so we'll, we'll see we'll see how i feel i'm very interested Gonna to, come to back finally completely mid on it <laughs> <laughs> this is not a show to be mid on yeah that would that would be the most disappointing outcome the only thing i know is the toothbrush scene which i don't even know if it's from baki no that's from the or... sequel series yeah there you go so we're not even we're not even going to get to the good stuff and how many episodes is it? uh 15 so three episodes of five each i don't know why i thought you were gonna say 50 and i was like hey did we change <laughs> the rules <laughs> <laughs> we vetoed we vetoed you actually <laughs> danielle just decided it's been the next 10 like, weeks we could do like the first two seasons as 26 episodes but the no. breaks would be uh would not work with that so yeah only first season my, my next pick is 50 episodes it just means that austin you don't get to pick the next one so it's just gonna go oh. me <laughs> me and then danielle <laughs> uh so yeah next time we'll watch episodes one through five of bake monogatari uh so look forward to that i'm <laughs> excited i honestly think the worst uh episodes of the show are going to be in that batch nice is this the the first of like if you were to say to someone oh watch it in release order is this the first in the release order yeah yes okay. and it's like the second novel in the series is Bakemonogatari no it's the first novel it's second chronologically I think oh, okay oh, okay so it's not even different if you're like reading the novels okay no no the anime is only different from the novels in the uh, second novel to come out was uh uh had the anime adaptation delayed until they felt like they could do it. 
how they wanted. Yeah, okay. That's the only one that's out of order. And that was like effectively a prequel to the start. So it's Oh, I think that's not the worst game. Getting confused because I knew it was like a prequel. I assumed it was released first as a novel. Okay. Anyway, I'll be next time. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at underthekotatsu. You can email us questions at underthekotatsu.anime at gmail.com or just DM us your questions on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Twitter at chai underscore squared. You can find me and Danny's sister podcast, uh, Grind My Metal Gears, at uh, Grind My MGS on Twitter, where we are currently playing through Metal Gear Solid 2. I'm having a gay old time with that game. We're getting close to finishing that, uh, which is exciting. Uh, Danny, where can people find you? You can find me at Cover Me and Sauce on Twitter. And Danielle, what about you? I am at Yuri Bunny with one N on Twitter. All right. Well, until next time, Danielle, take us out of here. Be crimes, do gay, and please fucking recommend this or watch this over Bebop. It's please.